The strong wind was howling and whistling. He was the first Chinese citizen to graduate from Yale University in the mid-19th century. I was born on the 17th of November. She had prominent features. Three of us were old enough to lend a helping hand. He navigated between two vastly different cultures and moved further to realize his dream and promote understanding between the people of China and the United States. Ye Mingxing was a native of Hamyang. I realized no danger. China is really awakening. Come and join us in discovering the incredible journey of Yong Wang in his autobiography, My Life in China and America. Check out the audible stories on radio.cgtn.com and all major podcast platforms. Just search for the podcast Books and Beyond and find My Life in China and America. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable, coming to you from Beijing. I'm He Yang. Good as always to have you join us. With smartphones now a prominent part of our lives, we've been following how technology transforms the world of education, as well as their potential to influence the way we study in the future. Now, UNESCO says smartphones should be banned in schools. Do you agree? And we always look forward to having a heart-to-heart -heart with you. If you have a question that you like us to answer, or you have something. You want to say to us? Please send your voice memo or email over to ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. Your voice could be featured in our heart-to-heart -heart segment. For today's program, I'm joined by Xingyu in the studio and Josh Cotterell. Yes, he is back on the show. Hooray! On the line, first on today's show. Mobile phones have come an incredible long way in the last 30 years. In the 1990s, mobiles were used for making phone calls and sending texts. Today, smartphone technology allows us to browse the internet, stream films, make consumption decisions, and even study and learn, all from a small device in the palm of our hands. Recently, UNESCO has advocated for a concerted effort among policymakers and governments across the globe to ban the use of smartphones from schools. So, give us the skinny on this report from UNESCO. <laughs> well. Over the past decades, learners, educators, institutions, and schools alike have widely adopted digital technology, and many people believe this has brought benefits to students' learning. But UNESCO has recently released a 2023 Global Education Monitoring Report and addresses the use of technology in education around the world. And the report says the overuse of technology is not so good in class、mm. and in schools. Especially smartphones in schools, and there are some of the key messages from the report that we can discuss. I, I think yes, and there are a slew of key messages which I came in、uh, with kind of a skeptical attitude, but then I have to say I'm kind of convinced after <laughs> reading everything. So we'll get into it. Well, Josh, I think I know how you feel about technology and smartphones in general, but just、uh, tell us what was your knee-jerk reaction? Were you clapping hands when you saw this、uh, ban? <laughs> I, de I definitely wasn't clapping my hands,、um, but but I can understand it completely, and I, I guess that I am on board with this, and I I think that there are definitely more arguments against allowing smartphones. Smartphone usage 
in schools rather than arguments for at, in this day and age. And I think that, yeah, they, they definitely have the ability to improve access to information. And I think that when the internet really is what we're talking about here, I think, not just smartphones. I guess smartphones are the medium through which, the very convenient medium through which we can access the internet. So it's really the internet that we're talking about here, I think, more so than smartphones. And the internet is incredible. And having access to information really provides students with access to a vast amount of information, which obviously can help with one's education. But I think that over the last few decades, um, since the internet has been about in schools, we've, we've found that they are, it is very distracting and it is very disruptive. And um, I, I think that there's just so many negatives to this that um, really <laughs> support the, this movement, I think, for, in my opinion. All right. Mm. Well, certainly one thing I agree with you is that essentially... I think it's about the internet and um, teenagers or young people's access to it. But it's particularly important to highlight the smartphone aspect as yeah. well, in my opinion, is that in schools, you got to use some kind of jump off point to connect to the internet. And the smartphone is the most prevalent and easiest, convenient way to do so. So therefore, if you crush the smartphone usage <laughs> in the school, then maybe that's that's helping. So let's take a look at all these uh, interesting key messages yeah. from this report. Sure. Um, the first one is we would naturally think that digital technologies must have greatly improved students' learning. And the report says we might be overestimating the effects and we don't actually have as much good and impartial evidence as we think we do. That shows the positive impact of technology on education. And uh, most evidence actually comes from the richest countries. And a lot of them um, is from those trying to sell these digital devices or technology. For instance, a British owned education company called Pearson it funded its own studies to prove that how these digital devices are actually beneficial to students' learning. But in fact, the results are quite contradictory to independent analysis that showed its products had no such impact. So mm. I think that's quite kind of interesting. Mm. And I fear this is a bit of the unspoken standard practice of yeah. a lot of businesses these days that is a lot of these True. industries have uh, huge gains financial gains from selling stuff and then they fund their own research and studies and publish the results yeah and then that becomes a little bit of a worrying thing um josh do you have some thoughts about this yeah um i really think that what you're saying is and at least what i think we can take away from that is that we have to be really careful and what is the measurement here i mean what is what can we really gauge this on and i think one thing that we can definitely look at is test scores now whether we agree with tests or not and how effective they are in measuring a student's um success rate and intelligence i also have many uh, opinions about that but I, I think that if we look at some of the studies that have focused on banning smartphones and the results on test scores a lot of them have unsurprisingly shown that there's it's led to a significant improvement i mean banning the phone I, I found one study by the london school of economics and i'll be i'll be honest i was looking a lot more at my own country when i was um, preparing for this show and i found that um, this study found that banning smartphones in schools led to a significant significant improvement in student test scores 
uh, particularly among underachieving students. And the reason for this is because it minimizes distraction. So I think that that's a pretty important stat there. Mm. Um, and also, we haven't even mentioned things like cyberbullying and inappropriate content and things like this. Um, obviously, removing smartphones will completely uh, reduce uh, the, the amount of cyberbullying. How can you cyberbully without a cyber world, <laughs> right? I'm sure that students will find some way to do so. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's an important point you make, and we have to consider how we're going to measure this and what's the most important measurement. I think test scores are an important one. Test scores or the learning outcomes, the results. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we should be, um, yeah. we should pay more attention to. And for me, I think I didn't have my own mobile phone until I started high school. <laughs> um, that might just date you <laughs> and, and <All> me. Right. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, at yeah. that time- I have an idea now. <laughs> I, I didn't bring the phone to the school, uh, maybe only several times. and. Also, I was not a heavy phone user like today, but it's mostly used for phone calls or messaging. But I saw my classmates, they used phones in class and they were secretly texting others or messaging mm -hmm. or QQ. Um, QQ was, um, is a messaging platform, which was quite popular at that time. And I could feel that students um, are easily distracted by a phone. Yeah, because mm. you're always you want to know what your friends are going <laughs> to say to you, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think it's a good point to sort of find the right parameter in judging whether um, smartphone usage brings good results or not. And uh, one takeaway from this report is that a lot of schools have been more focused on investing in the equipment in devices and say oh we're going to you know bring more gadgets let's mm. say ipads yeah. into the classrooms it will help learning and also it makes the whole learning experience supposedly conducive but also it's kind of fancy you know mm. and then that's like seen as a selling point for some of these schools uh and admittedly that is you know building the educational infrastructure, so to speak. But when we look at these studies, or there, there aren't sufficient studies to prove that this is actually good. And I think, you know, that's that's really a very good point to, to be raised by this report. And apparently, some education technologies can improve some types of learning in certain contexts, meaning that for some subjects, maybe using more technology is good, but mm. for others, it might be more of a distraction. And I think we are in 2023 and we're no stranger to iPads or any of these devices anymore. And yeah. it is time to have a closer study and look at really how can we utilize these technologies better in education. Yeah, and there's an evidence that can back what you said, Heyang. In China, high-quality lesson recordings delivered to 100 million rural students actually improved student outcomes by 32% and reduced urban-rural earning gaps by 38%. And it proves that um, what's important is not how much advanced technologies you can put into education, but we should pay more attention to the learning outcomes to see if that these technologies can bring effective results to students learning. Yeah, I mean, we have to bring this into education at some point, right? We have to bring in, 
um, digital literacy and to just completely neglect the importance of smartphones and how the, how uh, central they are to modern day living would be to deprive students of really vital living skills almost. I mean, it's pretty sad to say, but it's just the truth, right? And so I think we, ha we do have to find a way to promote this digital literacy while also developing really clear um, and comprehensive policies on smartphone usages in schools. Um, so I think that we can have more of what's considered like purpose-driven mm -hmm. integration. So to integrate, mm -hmm. in, in other words, to like integrate smartphone learning or um, digital literacy, especially around smartphones um, to align with learning objectives and look at, as you say, Huyang, how smartphones can assist with particular types of learning and look at those subjects that can benefit from it. One thing I can think of is that it definitely helps with more collaborative learning things. Um, smartphones enable us in our everyday lives to collaborate and communicate more effectively, right? So what subjects requ require us to do that? Um, I personally am still a bit old school and I think that <laughs> getting people to sit in groups and putting a whiteboard up and mind mapping and doing all of these things is maybe more effective and can be, but I mean, what about when we're teaching students about international trade um, or something like this, something that is more and more common for um, easier for people to get into, hmm. possibly bringing in smartphones for something like this. We haven't even spoken about assistive technology as well. Of course, smartphones offer numerous um, things like text to speech and things that can support students with learning disabilities and things like this. Um, but yeah, I think we have to find a way to bring it in carefully and consciously and that sounds like maybe through some kind of more studied and examined way to be brought in in the classroom but not through individual smartphones i have a feeling that even if you ban smartphones for is it eight hours of school time i don't know what <laughs> what kids go through these days maybe shorter amount of time than that <sighs> They don't need to overwork, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, yeah, like even when they're out of school, they're probably using their phone or, or mm, on social media doing right. other stuff. So I think guiding them to approach the Internet in a smarter way, in a more ethical and safer way, I think that's good. But I also wonder, like, how much like teaching do you necessarily need to teach? tell them because don't they kind of somehow just figure it out anyway <laughs> anyway also one figure kind of stood out to me that is we spoke of distraction and that is being confirmed of you know all this attention given to the smartphone that is every time when our focus has been interrupted <laughs> A study found that it takes students up to 20 minutes to refocus mm. on what they were learning before that interruption. Oh, just 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a short period of time. Yeah, sometimes I just forget what I was doing. <laughs> but a yeah. class lasts for like 40 to 50 minutes. Mm -hmm. So that can be quite long for a class. If yeah. you miss 20 minutes of the content in class, then you just... Probably when you um, get to focus again, you don't know what the teacher is talking about. Mm. So that can be a thing. That can be a problem. And um, another 
takeaway from this report is that it mentions how this education technology can influence the emotional or mental well-beings mm. of students. The report says high levels of screen time have a negative effect on children's self-control, emotional stability, and cool. possibly increasing anxiety and depression. Yeah. Even for adults, I sometimes think it's quite hard to control yourself on the screen time. Sometimes I feel it's just too hard to remove your eyes from staring at the screen. Not to mention these children. Yeah. Also about the uh, emotional stability part that you brought up, Xingyu, I think that is so relevant today. Because even as adults, and then we see all these stories about people being bullied online, mm. and uh, Josh mentioned that as well. But as a young person, or as a kid, yeah. or teenager, when I don't know if it's everybody goes through that phase, but a lot of us go through a phase when you're like 16 or around that age and then you don't really know yourself and mm. you're still you're figuring yourself out yeah. and then if you live on social media which a lot of people are when you're young because you just want to fit in you want to have your crowd of people mm. your people and then um, the social media setup pretty much induces this mentality of just seeking approval and validation from others. Mm. And that is so incredibly unhealthy. When you are so young, I just don't think uh, people are equipped, emotionally mature enough mm. to deal and navigate the complexities of the digital world, the social media world. And, and that's just kind of a horrific thought. Yeah. yeah. Josh, this kind of um, topic, I think, has, you know, reoccurred because it is very relevant to today's people's world. Do you have some thoughts about this as well as, you know, how to sort of hold your ground and not be so affected by this reality that a lot of us live in? Yeah, that's a massive issue. And yeah. it also probably would require us to have a longer conversation but i think that it all comes down ultimately to health well-being and mindfulness um i think that with education education isn't only in schools we also need to educate ourselves as adults once we're away from schools so um and technology is pretty new i think that the rate at which is developing the, the rate at which it is developing means that we're constantly um, encountering new types of technology, which requires us to educate ourselves more and more. It is becoming more addictive. It is becoming more toxic. Mm. Um, it is becoming more engrossing in the sense that, as you say, we can live in that world, especially with things like AR and VR and all of the other Rs, right? <laughs> and I think that we have to really educate students and ourselves um, promote self-regulation -reg and encourage mindful technology use. I, I think that it's, it's really hard to do, um, honestly, because I myself struggle with it. And I, I don't know, I, I, I guess that I probably need to re-educate myself in this regard as well. We're on this path together. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hold hands and help each other out. <laughs> um, yeah, and apparently this kind of ban of smartphones in schools has already happened. And what are the results to these existing bans? Mm. Um, the report says 
Actually, less than one in four countries are banning the use of smartphones in schools, and such bans are more common in Asia. Both Bangladesh and Singapore ban smartphones use in class,、mm. but not in school. I think that's a good way because students cannot use their cell phones during class, but they can use it after the class or during lunchtime in case that they have to call their moms and dads. But in class, they can focus on their study. And some schools have instead banned the use of specific applications from education settings because of these privacy concerns.、Oh, um, that's a big one too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And here in China, this is smartphone usage, internet usage. And all the topics related have been talked about a lot, and there are relevant regulations that have been rolled out. One prominent one came out two years ago. Now there is an even stricter, all-encompassing restriction on minors' smartphone usage. So, what's new this time? Well, the Cyberspace Administration of China, or the country's top internet. Regulator recently introduced a new proposal as part of its efforts to expand control over content consumed and time spent online. So it features a shift from teenager mode to minor mode, and unlike previous regulatory efforts targeting individual apps, the new draft rules require all mobile. Devices, apps, and app stores to have a built-in minor mode, and under this minor mode, the time spent online will be limited depending on the age group. Like if you are aged under eight, you can just spend forty minutes a day online, and if you're aged between eight and sixteen, you can spend an hour, or if you're aged between sixteen and eighteen, you can spend two hours online. And all the age groups would receive a reminder to rest. After using their device for more than thirty minutes, let's say if you use your smartphone for thirty、mm. minutes, then the alarm will ring, I、mm. guess, or the phone might explode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, safety precautions is you know always a priority here, <laughs>、uh, online and offline. So, Josh, how do you feel about this strictest to the moment? Draft on internet usage among those under the age of eighteen. Yeah. So let me explain. So basically, on your phone, like if you agree to the minors mode, and then you know the time that you're on the phone and on specific apps, they're all monitored. And then if you pass thirty minutes of usage of whatever age, and and then the the thing just Starts beeping, or you can't continue to process, or whatever it is. So, so yeah. So there are like there there、mm. might be apps that you can't get on if you agree to the mode and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's limiting usage and time, but it's not like you can't get on them. No, I I think that I I, I understood before. I I guess for me in my mind, I consider that a ban,、uh, at least a, like a ban on the way that I use smartphones. In in the way that I used to be able to use them,、uh, so yeah, I, I I guess that it's not a complete ban on smartphone usage,、um, but I, I still think that I mean I guess all of us are regulated on our phones to a massive degree already, even as adults. So I, I guess that it does make sense to some degree, but I still think that the best the best method is to be mindful about how you use it and. Have access to it, but have the intelligence and right education、mm. to use it properly. But maybe I'm too idealistic in this regard,、mm. and so yeah, I, I think that maybe this probably is the best method.、Mm. Well, the 
idealist in me very much agrees with you, Josh. And <laughs>、uh, my colleagues successfully persuaded me that.、Um, You need to look at the exact ways how people are are using it. And in China, when you have more than one billion people using the internet, and with 190 million internet users in this country being underaged, then、mm. also consider the millions of let's say kids who live in rural areas without parents nearby, and.、Yeah. Their grandparents or whoever the guardian is might not have the sufficient knowledge nor the time to be the responsible guardian and watch kids' internet use.、Mm -hmm. Then a ban is is a bit blatant, but effective in I, some way. And maybe it's more more useful. It's、uh -huh. doing more good than harm, maybe. Yeah. So, so there are these、um, kind of tough, real life、um, predicaments、mm. that、um, regulations really, I think, struggle to sort of fulfill the needs of every group of people in society. And even for those children who have parents around,、uh, these parents and teachers, I think, they find it hard to educate children on how they should. Consume content on these digital devices. Okay, and and that is that for this topic. Coming up next, live stream shopping serves as key channels for e-commerce in China. Behind rosy sales figures, research has found that return rates are also high. What explains? Stick around, everybody. We'll be back after this break.